This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, September 8th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. It's an idea that just won't die. Postal banking. Never mind the dismal results from the rollout, it remains unclear what problems it solves by turning post offices into facilities for banking. Cato's Nick Anthony discusses why this failed idea keeps coming back. This seems like, and maybe you and I have discussed this, I know I've discussed this on this podcast a number of times, which is postal banking. The idea that uh, the United States Postal Service, you know, not having enough to do uh, ought to be uh, handling cash transactions for people. And given the low usage of the pilot program that had been rolled out and the fact that financial innovations are everywhere, it just how does this idea keep coming back? I really wish I could answer that question. It just does not make sense to me that this is something that's come up time and time again. I mean, it's something that existed throughout America's early history and was taken out of the equation in the 60s because so few people used it. So it shouldn't be that surprising that when we see it brought back today, it's suffering from those same issues. There's just too many better alternatives, both for people on the bottom of the income scale and the top to want to actually use this. So uh, remind us, to the extent that this program has rolled out, what was the program that was rolled out? Who was using it? What were the results? So the postal banking pilot program was rolled out in September 2021 with four locations in Baltimore, the Bronx, Falls Church, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. And it introduced a way that people could take their paychecks to the post office and get them cashed. Now, there was a slight caveat with that where you could only cash up to $500 per day and there's a fee of $5.95 to do so. So right out of the gate, it's not a very good deal for folks. And people took notice. People clearly saw that this was not a good deal for them because through November, postal employees actually reported nobody went to the Bronx location. And then come in January 2022, we got a, an official report that only six people had used the program in total. Just $540 or so was cashed through this program from those six people. All right. That seems low. Uh, and But to the extent that we've seen that result and there are some members of Congress who say, no, we still got to move ahead with this, they would argue, well, that was a not representative. People didn't know about it. It wasn't uh, a, a very good way to roll this program out. What are they arguing is the failure of the financial system to provide access to services for especially low-income people, although $7 to cash a check is is a little offensive especially if you're a low-income person. So, um, you know, I, I could get direct deposit to an app that I use, and that app would mail me a, a debit card, and I could, I could spend that money within days immediately and track trans transactions, set up payments, 
using uh, an app that for a bank that has no physical locations. Um, what are the people advancing this idea, continuing to advance this idea? What are they hanging their hats on in terms of this is what this is the problem that this will solve? The main solution that people are coming up with has been time and time again hinged on this idea that the post office is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. You can find one across the road, down the street, over the hills. They're everywhere. Whereas community banks have been slowly disappearing from banks consolidating. So they say time and time again that we don't have enough banks on the ground that can serve people. And because of that, we have this large number of un unbanked and underbanked, the households in America that do not have a bank account or some limited access. And so they say that this is going to fill that gap. But the example that you provided is exactly right. Just because there's not a physical location does not mean that there's not access. The internet has created so many new avenues for removing barriers that distance used to provide. And Frankly, we see this with the unbanked population. If you look past the unbanked as being treated as just a statistic of a percentage of the total population and ask what they really want or what they really think about the banking system, the idea that there's inconvenient hours of banks, inconvenient locations, those are rated as the least concerning factors as to why they don't have an account. What is going to happen here? Uh, this is something that sounds expensive. Uh, the Postal Service, as we mentioned, is having financial troubles uh, of, of its own and, uh, you know, continue, continues to have to go to Congress to, to try to get more money for its operations. And I don't – I'm not trying to diminish the importance of people receiving mail, especially in rural areas. But uh, it, <laughs> this idea won't go away and – uh, it seems like it's always going to be looming as a possible policy. Probably at this point, it looks like maybe a stowaway on some other piece of legislation. Well, I think that's the sad truth of all this because it really feels like something that's just so painfully obvious that it almost doesn't even need to be brought up. And yet it does keep coming back. I think a, a good first step right now is Congress really needs to look at the legislation that limits the post office as far as what it can do, specifically looking at the Postal Accountability Enforcement Act of 2006, because that did create a level, as the name suggests, of accountability, but not nearly enough for this situation, because what the post office appears to be doing is building off of a provision that said that they're allowed to experiment with products so long as they don't differ from existing ones. And so here they're building off of gift cards that they were allowed to, to sell, which was previously built off of money orders. And I think Congress needs to take note that this is one of those situations where some relatively innocuous language was clearly taken to the extreme. And while we can't turn back time and redo the, the act from scratch, I think this is a clear sign that they need to add an amendment to it to say that this is one of the things that is off the table.
It's something that is, in Congress's view, an idea that needs specific authorizing legislation, not some uh, interpretation of the existing law that's clearly out of the norm. Nick Anthony is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Please give a rating to the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.